All right, Leo Cannell here with today's Seven Figures Club podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest and entrepreneur who changes people's lives. We have Michelle Villalobos here. Michelle is the host of the Awaken Your Inner Superstar podcast. She's the creator of several programs to help mission-driven superstars step into greater purpose, passion, and prosperity. Her mission is to activate those influencers, thought leaders, and expert entrepreneurs to create their businesses in joyful, energy-rich ways. She helps them design and develop the aligned business models, revenue streams. During her 14-plus years in business, her most popular programs include Work and Play, Every Day, Make Them Beg, Personal Branding Programs, which I believe you were featured on a pretty big uh, uh, newspaper and magazine with that program, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's also... Uh, built the Superstar Business Breakthrough, during which participants design and develop a whole new big back-end business model, revenue streams, and 90-day plans. Her testimonials are very powerful, and the people she's helped change their lives. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you, Leo. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. So, Michelle, I always like to begin these podcasts by just kind of, you know, introducing your background and, and where you've come from and, and maybe what, what happened in your childhood that you think led you eventually down the path of entrepreneurship and, and you're very independent and, and freedom focused, which I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are. What was it in, in your childhood that sort of maybe led you down this path or maybe, maybe it didn't happen in childhood, but what was that like? Well, it's interesting that you say that because actually my dad is an entrepreneur and I, I witnessed him being an entrepreneur, but it didn't make me want to do it. Uh, I was, I didn't, I wasn't an entrepreneur for the first 20 years of my, or I guess 15 years of my career. Um, but I, I, I actually did the opposite. I was one of these kids that was a great student. I got straight A's. I, I followed the prescribed path and my parents were really happy with that. My dad never wanted me to take risks. You know, they were Cuban American and I feel like at least my parents, and I think this is kind of common among immigrants, they felt like they took all the risks so that I wouldn't have to and that I could have a nice safe existence. But of course, you know, I think it's in my blood and I think it's in my DNA as much as I tried to fight it. And, you know, 15 years into my career, I was miserable, I was bored, I was um, resentful. Um, I just wasn't living my my fullest potential. And so I became an entrepreneur. Wow, fantastic. So, so your parents are from Cuba, you know, came to the US. Now, did they come here before you were born or, or you know, when yes. you were a kid? Yeah, okay. they came here before I was born. I was born, they, they met in the United States and then moved to Colombia, which is where I was born. Oh, okay, Colombia. Oh, very, mm -hmm. cool. very cool. Medellin. And so, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. We lived in Medellin, Bogota, and I think um, Bucaramanga or something like that. I don't remember that, something like that. Barranquilla, that was it. Uh, um, and so, uh, yeah, the, the, the I did the normal things all, for all the way up till about 15 years ago when I kind of broke the mold. <laughs> gotcha. So, so let's talk about that. You were following the prescribed, you know, path to success, 
getting the good grades in school, doing everything by the book. Yep. But what was it that led you down that path that maybe you, what was it that you finally realized, you know, I'm actually not happy. And why weren't you happy with what should have been the, the great path to success that we're taught, you know, in the media and Certainly, it's very conventional. That's, that's what I was taught as a kid, too. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that why I thought I wasn't happy and why I really wasn't happy are two different things. So at the time, I had done the, the things that you said. I got an MBA, graduated number one in my class, worked my way up the corporate ladder wow. and got to a place of leadership, making good money. And yet I was going to work every day and I was exhausted. I was procrastinating. I, I didn't enjoy it. And I, one day I finally just, I said, you know, the problem is the job. I don't like my job. I don't like my bosses. This is the wrong place. Like I blamed it on everything outside of myself. And then I got another job and the same exact thing happened within a couple months. And then, so then I said, well, I know the problem. I need to be my own boss. Once I'm my own boss, all this will go away. Life will be amazing. I'll be living the dream. Turns out I put myself into the exact same position once I had my own business. I was working nights, weekends, more than I ever had before, and I wasn't giving myself any vacation or any breaks. So it's actually like I went from bad to worse when I became an entrepreneur. It wasn't an, a beautiful, easy, rainbows and unicorns kind of path. It was like, you know, I, 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 I struggled. And I think a lot of people listening right now who are, you know, some maybe in that startup category, they've just started or they're thinking about it. And, you know, it's funny, people always say, yeah, I'm starting this new business so I can have more time with my family or so I can vacation more. And every brand new entrepreneur, unless you're just, you know, one of those lucky few geniuses like you and I, that's not how my experience was. My experience was 80 hour work weeks, you know, so I don't have to work 40 hours for someone else. Right. But but you get to a point where if you don't have some wins and manage things, you're miserable. So what was it that then led to the breakthrough where you were finally able to you know, get to a point where you were going the right direction? You were happy in your entrepreneurship and starting to see you know, a transformation. Well, I mean, first of all, it took a long time. I, I, it took seven and a half years to okay. get to the breakdown. I, I lasted seven and a half years burning the candle at both ends, trying things out, growing incrementally, small increments year over year. And I got to a place where I was doing okay. And if you'd looked at my tax return at the end of the year, you'd say, well, you're doing better than 90% of entrepreneurs, but it didn't feel good. And the problem, there were a lot of problems, but one of them was I had no monthly recurring revenue. And so every month I was, you know, every, I was constantly starting from scratch, trying to sell programs, projects, event tickets, what, you know, I had a bunch of different models during those first seven and a half years. I did coaching, consulting, speaking, training, and I call my business model, anything I could do to make a buck. And so I just got exhausted. And about seven and a half years in, I finally, my health just gave out. I got sick. I got a diagnosis and my my doctor was like, you're working too. It's all stress. The stress is causing this problem. And so I was pre-diabetic. I just had all these issues that kind of came to a head all at the same time. And as I, and at the same time, I had a breakdown in my, my personal relationship. I was engaged to get married and that broke up in a very, shall we say, spectacular and dramatic fashion that everybody found out about. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. And I just, I, it all came crashing down at the same time. And, and in hindsight, I think that's how it had to be because had it not happened like that, I would have just kept going. 
I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to stop. I didn't want to admit defeat. I didn't want people to know I was struggling. So I would have just kept at it. And it wasn't until I had this breakdown that I took my foot off the gas for a couple months and all the revenues basically dried up. And so in that moment of like rock bottom, I, I met a mentor who's like, hey, your business model is the problem here. Let me show you a different, a better way. So he showed me his model which I adopted. And within a few months, things started to turn around. So what was it about your previous business model that just wasn't working, was leading to burnout, was leading to, you know, constantly have to generate new clients every day, every week, every month, just to keep progressing and paying the bills. What was it about that model that didn't work? It was time for money. Yeah. It was a time for money model. I would sell mm. sessions. I would sell coaching sessions. I would sell days, half days, hours. And I, and there was no back end, what I call now the big back end. There was no big back end, which means like once I did that half day or that full day selling into a one year with monthly recurring revenues, I didn't do that. I was just like onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And so the model, the shift I made was that I created a model where I would work with people in a very, in it, like I standardized my work. In other words, instead of trying, okay, if you want this, I'll give you this. And if you want that, I'll give you that. And this, I, I standardized and I focused and I said, all right, here's who I work with. This is the value proposition. And everyone I work with is going to start here. And that here was this three-day group event, a group experience, a retreat. And in that three day, I would deliver this very specific outcome that I still deliver to this day. It hasn't changed. Well, it's changed, it's evolved. But then from there, I would invite the people into a one year program. Within five months of doing that, I had 10 clients paying me monthly. And I had, you know, I had stable monthly recurring revenues. And that changed everything. Sorry. That's, that's unbelievable. So the business model turned where at the beginning, you, because that's that happens to so many people, because so many entrepreneurs start a business, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and they still are in that habit of trading time for money. And then the worst thing I think that they do is they assume the way they think and what they would do and pay for is the way that the market would. That's and right. the market is different. And so you can't be thinking, you know, you have to let the market and your clients tell you. And so in your case, it was building out models where there was recurring revenue and predictable income because of the way you were delivering value. And right. ultimately, I think a lot of business coaches and consultants, this happens to them. And, and we've got, you know, like 1900 of them in our network. And the struggle is they're just trading an hour of one-on-one -on -one time instead of a group setting. Is that kind of a, a lot of it? That's a lot of it. That's a big, and it's the standardizing of the way, yes. this is my magic line, yes. the way I work is. Mm. In, the, in the past, what I was doing was like, hey, Leo, how do you want me to work with you? What do you need? You, Everything you lead was me. customized. Everything was customized and the client was leading me instead yes. of me leading the client. Yes. Right? So I would enter a conversation. I would try to please the client. The client had all the power. The client had the money. Now it's like, all right, here's how I work. You meet me here or we don't work together and that's fine. And, and that's the way it has to be. And it reminds me of a book I was reading about creating a business that's sellable. And it talked about this company, this guy, he had this business and he was always doing custom stuff, you know, around design, around things. But what he was really good at was logos. And instead of the client running every aspect and getting all this customized, 
they standardized it and everybody got the same process, but ultimately the quality was higher mm -hmm. because you're the expert, you know what someone needs. And that's what an entrepreneur has to realize is you have to create the product and then standardize it. It can't be custom fit for everybody. Or you're never going to be able to help anyone. Exactly. And, and, and there's another piece to it too, which is that there's a mindset component. Okay. When you are, when the client's in charge, when you're trying to serve the client, when the client's running the show, right? And, and when you're selling time for money, the, the, the thing you're focused on is, uh, am I worth it? When you do this instead, when you separate yourself, disidentify from the value proposition and you create it, here's the thing I provide, here's the value proposition, this is the process to get there. You're not buying me, it's not about my value, it's about the value of that outcome. So it's a lot easier to charge more for that. People struggle to sell themselves in a way that they don't struggle once you've externalized the value proposition and you're selling this thing that you know people want and need. So what is that mindset transformation? I think this happens with every entrepreneur where you finally get rid of maybe the imposter syndrome and, and realize that you actually do deliver amazing value and results. How did you get there? And I know you're really good at helping your clients get there. What do we all need to understand to be able to change that mindset of the value we deliver? So many things. I mean, practically speaking, strategically speaking, you know, I, I call it sell it first, figure it out later. And so that requires an, a, a tremendous amount of trust in yourself. And so one of the things I recommend is to create some sort of beta program to test it out, right? And invite four or five people to go through your process and refine it first so that you know there's value so that people can tell you this was amazing or think you could do this a little bit better. That's one thing if that's a really big problem. And then getting into just right once you've delivered it a few times or delivered it once with a few people, if it's a retreat model like mine, then it's like, okay, then selling it, making the promise and just trusting that if you sell people into it, you will deliver on that promise. You know, there's, there's something about the pressure of having sold something and made the making the promise that will make people generally rise to the occasion. I know I always do. And I'm, I'm guessing you do too. You sometimes make the promise first and then are like, all right, now I got to figure this out. You know? Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. Just a few weeks ago, I did a seven day challenge to teach people about how they can join the funding business and industry. And, and I had to build everything out. I'm literally building it out an hour before I'm supposed to go oh, live yeah. in front of hundreds of people. But I know I've got to do it. I've got to. I know it gets a result. And but what you pointed out is something so important. So if you guys are listening, you need to have case studies. You need to have examples so that somebody who's looking on the outside can be, wait, that's me. If this person that she just helped, that Michelle just changed their business and their life, if that person can do it, well, I can do it too because I'm similar to that person. And so case studies are important. At the beginning, you don't have to, you can do those for free, but mm -hmm. once you have those case studies, that's your gold yes. that you can kind of show them. So that's brilliant. That, so that's how you did it. You, you build out those case studies, you got them the result. And, and tell us about these, these retreats. Are, are you still doing these retreats? How can people, you know, join up and, and what, who are the, who are these retreats for? Okay. So the retreat is called the superstar business breakthrough, and it's evolved over the last seven years since I started doing the re retreat. So what it is, is people come in, people like us, Leo, people who are experts, entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, coaches, consultants, people who generally sell their expertise and are generally have done it successfully by selling it 
you know, by time or by sessions or by workshops or keynotes, you know, they're used to selling themselves, but in a way that requires more time in order to grow. And so what I help them do is turn that into some sort of breakthrough program. Most of my clients these days are doing their own retreats. Now I'm teaching that model. Oh, wow. Right. Like, here's how you replicate what I've done. Now I've spent seven years as my own experiment. And now I've got all these other clients like little Petri dishes growing their own retreat businesses. So most of the people come in to figure out how do I turn my keynote, my book, my training program into a three day breakthrough. And so my three day breakthrough is to help them figure out what their three day breakthrough is and then designing, well, what is the big back end on the backside of that breakthrough? What's the monthly recurring revenue? What's the what I call the mastery program? Because a three day you can't master something in three days, no. but you can deliver a tremendous breakthrough. Like in my world, we deliver you come in and you design your new business model. You design your new revenue streams, your price points, your packages, your launch strategies, like all that in three days. But then after three days, you know, some of those people, usually about 30 to 50% of them are like, can I keep working with you? Can you help me as I implement this? So we have the one-year program, which is the accountability and support as they go and implement it. And that's what I recommend to my clients. You could deliver a breakthrough that people want and need upfront and then offer the, the mastery is the ongoing support. So Michelle, when you first started this business and, you know, however many years ago that you started it, who were you marketing to and, and did you have any idea who your dream customer was? Yeah, no, it's evolved. It's definitely evolved. Like back then it was just like any, any entrepreneur. I mean, right? I had people, yeah. I mean, I had, you know, dress designers and just all kinds of business owners. As the years have gone by, I've narrowed in the focus on people like me. And how has that increased your success in your business? Well, it's huge. It makes marketing so much easier and cheaper. It makes referrals faster and easier. Uh, you know, it, I know who my people are. I know what their pain points are. I know how to speak to them. I know where to find them. Uh, it's it's a it's night and day. And I've just been saying, like over the years, it's just become narrower and narrower and narrower. And it's so much easier the narrower it gets. And why is it that so many of us entrepreneurs, when we start that business, we think, oh, we've got to be able to help as many people as possible and have this this gigantic uh, you know, funnel. We're trying to bring everybody in and ultimately leads to failure. What is it we don't understand about that? I honestly, there are two things. Strategically speaking, there's people don't understand that the more you focus, the easier it is for people, for you to be top of mind for something, for you to be the go-to solution. Like it's so much easier since I was like personal branding for entrepreneurs versus come and learn how to do a retreat to riches business model with a big back end. It's for speakers, authors, you know, it's just so much easier for people to say, oh, you want to do a retreat? Go find Michelle Villalobos. Oh, I want to do a retreat on YouTube. And Michelle, I, I have all the videos on that on YouTube. If I were just like personal branding, it's the most generic topic. So that's on a strategic level. And then on a mindset level, it comes from scarcity. It's really because people are afraid of, of saying no to anything. There's FOMO, there's scarcity driven thinking. Like I want to get everything I can. And if I say no to something, then I'll be missing out. Guys, it's a big value bomb. The sooner you can identify your dream customer, who you want to work with and narrow that down to super specific things. The riches are no longer in the niches, they're in the micro niches. Yes. And that's what Michelle yes. has done with these 
these uh, getaways and and just unbelievable. So so how do these work? How do these events? Uh, how does one structure those? And and why is it they're so successful in helping you to uh, you know bring your clients through a process? But but you're bringing something important. It's not just the three days. It's how they can work with you long term. That's exactly it. The the purpose of the three day is twofold. It's number one, to deliver such a powerful breakthrough that people love you, respect you, want to refer you business like in and of itself. It has to be valuable. It's not like one of these things where you spend the whole weekend trying to sell somebody into the one year program like that doesn't work. So it's it's valuable in and of itself. It's a valuable outcome, but it sets you up for that one year. And the way to do that is the way I do that is basically, and the reason it's three days is the first day is usually some sort of visioning possibility, new ideas, like opening up people. And then they've got to bond and connect because part of the magic of this model is to get people to have a group experience because they'll want to be part of a group on the back end. It doesn't make sense to have a retreat or a small event breakthrough and then offer people a one-on-one package on the back end. That's not leveraged, it's not scalable. So the idea is that first day is opening it up. The second day is when the real rubber meets the road and like some big, big work decisions, planning breakthroughs happen. And that's the day that you make the offer. Hey, by the way, I have this one year program if you want to keep doing this for a year. And then the third day is like mostly roll up your sleeves, plan things out, nail it down, create some sort of plan of action. I have many clients doing this from even spiritual coaches to chiropractors to business coaches, to marketing strategists, like all these people are running the same model. And there, there are kind of four, four ways to look at it. There's to create what I call a project completion outcome is, is, is a very, is, that's, that works the best in my opinion, it, especially in the business scene where people get something done that they've been wanting. So they map out a book or they do their email marketing oh, landing page and all that, or, or they write the new business plan. That's one. Another outcome is a personal development outcome, like Tony Robbins style, where people have a big breakthrough and like, oh my God, I've been doing this all my life and now I have the freedom to do this new thing. You know, a third kind of outcome is a learning or skills building outcome, like learn how to cook something or learn, you know, whatever, learn a, you know, beginning rudimentary of a new language or I don't know. And then the fourth one is um, community building. And the best way to do it is if you, if you, if you incorporate all four. And what I advise most of my clients to do is find that project completion outcome and then and then make sure that you've got the bonding, the the learning, the skills building and the personal development outcome all wrapped up in there. You know, I think five, six years ago that there was a lot of online marketing and it was get someone to a workshop, get someone to a webinar, and then that's all you have to do. And I'm just curious, in your opinion, from what you've seen in the market, what you've seen of your own business is that model compared to the model that you're currently running how would you weigh those out right now so i would say do all of those things okay but or and instead of trying to sell on the webinar in the funnel on the facebook ad my whole thing for this model you got to get on the phone with people okay you got to have a meaningful conversation that's the only way this model works not because it's the only way to sell. I've, you know, I've sold in other ways, but this kind of model, if you have one bad apple, it spoils the whole bunch. You can't have a good right. no with question. one bad apple. No question. You have to have good everyone with the same thinking. They have to be positive, no negative energy. No question. Exactly. 
Yeah. And that's what I've seen though. What I've seen is I think the market has changed and people are a little bit more, not necessarily negative and cynical, but certainly oh, I, skeptical, yeah, right? They are. And so for you to try and get all that in, in a 60 to 90 minute workshop or webinar, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It used to happen. People used to buy into that, but now I don't think that does. And it has to be much more personalized and community-based. And yes. I think that's what's so powerful that you're doing is the community. And so for people looking to do this, obviously the smart thing would be to work with you, but how do you create a community like that and make sure that you have the right people? And then how do you use the community to kind of hold everyone accountable? And really it's a mastermind effect where people are lifted up. How do you do that? Well, first of all, I learned this distinction or I figured this distinction out very recently, maybe in the last year or two. It, I used to call it a community, but now I call it a culture. Okay. What you're building is a culture. And, and it's not that you create the culture and then the people come in. It's that the first people that you invite help you create the culture. Yes. That's why those first people are so important. They've got to be values aligned. They've got to really embody what you believe and what you want to create. And, and that's what I didn't do in the beginning. Oh. In the beginning, I allowed myself, I was, cause I was still operating from scarcity in the beginning. I was still, remember I hit rock bottom, my business dried up and then I switched to this model. So I had a lot of scarcity driving me at the time. And so anybody with the $25,000 at the time or 18, when I started that could, that could invest that, you know, cool, let's go. I didn't know that I needed to curate those people so carefully in the beginning to create the culture. So what ended up happening was those first few years were rocky until I started to figure it out and I started to more hand pick the people and then retention went up. So now I have the big back end, which is the one year program, but now I have what I call the even bigger back end, which is people in their second, third, fourth, and even sixth years. And those are the people that have helped that helped shape the culture. It's the people that stick around. And so the, the key to a great culture is number one, you, you know, as a, as a leader, um, I think Russell Brunson calls it the charismatic leader. Um, but then there's other pieces to it. Like for one, one thing I think is super important in our culture is our language. Mm -hmm. We have very specific language we use and don't use, like you heard me correct myself earlier where I said the word, but, and now one of our language things is we say, and. We can hold all of it at the same time. We can hold paradox, right? So that's just a belief system that's reflected through our language. So, you know, you want to think about what is your, what's the culture you want to create and how, what does that look like? You know, what does that mean? What is, what are the standards of that culture? What will you and won't you tolerate? Right? So these are all really important questions, I think, to get to nail down early on and to pick people based on that and be really careful with those first people that you enroll into the big back end. So you mentioned values and principles, and I see that as just this very, it's a significant common denominator of the most successful entrepreneurs out there, and especially those who build cultures like this. So what are the values and principles, Michelle, that drive your culture and lead it to succeed, success in so many different ways? Well, there are quite a few. I would say one of them is what we've touched on a little bit here is abundance. Yes. So, you know, and not everybody necessarily has to have that from the get go. Sometimes we help them build that, but they've got to understand that they need and want that. So, so, the, so what does that mean to find abundance versus scarcity that because a lot of us are kind of raised in households and areas yes. and neighborhoods where that scarcity mindset is pervasive? 
Yeah. I mean, it, it really is a choice at the end of the day. It's a mindset. And once you become aware that it's a mindset, it's a choice. And that and that's where the year-long program comes in, right? And so that you can see how this relates back to the strategy of the business. In a weekend, somebody can have the breakthrough. Whoa, I operate out of yes. scarcity. But they can't adjust that in a weekend for the most part. You know, that requires every time they say something scarce for one of us to pop in and say, hold on, did you hear what you just said? Right. And so the idea is having that constant accountability and awareness is what helps people shift out of it. But it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. So that's what I mean by the distinction between breakthrough and mastery, you know, and, and that's the in, in the breakthrough experiences where the awareness comes in of scarcity. Another one of our core values is, is feminine energy is fe the feminine, you know, the yin and the yang, right? This idea of polarity and that the yang has really the masculine has been very dominant in our culture and in business in particular. And what does it look like to operate from a more feminine place? What does it look like to relax and detach from outcomes a little bit and to slow down and to get into receptivity and to tap into intuition and all these things? That's part, that's one of our values. And in the retreat, they recognize, wow, I've been operating out of masculine energy my whole career. I never thought about what it would look like to slow down, you know, and tap in and you know, all this stuff. So, so they get that awareness. And then that's where it's like, I do want more of this. I am aligned with this. Let's go. Or, you know what? Thanks, Michelle. This was great. Not for me for the long term, but I love you. Thanks for this outcome that you, you helped me get. So important. So the breakthrough can be temporary, but the mastery is where there's the long-term growth. And the more I've spoken with amazing people like yourself, Michelle, the more I realize that if people get the right values and principles and mindset, the success will come because you'll have that mindset of I'm going to be relentless. You'll have that mindset of I'm going to be, you know, unreasonably optimistic. These are some of our values yeah. okay. you know, when, I, when I'm facing adversity and I'm going to come at it with an abundance mindset. I'm not going to be scarcity minded. I won't make any decisions based on that type of thinking. And people, when they have these values, like success always comes. And that that's what's so amazing. Well, and the funny thing is, like, generally speaking, most people, and I know this was me, most people think, well, I'll, I'll get to the mindset stuff later. Let me, I need to get the business thing figured out first, and then I'll go focus on my health, my well-being, my spirituality. And for me, you know, I did shift the model and that did shift right away. But like I said, it wasn't rainbows and unicorns. It was very rocky. And it wasn't until I got my mindset straight, I started meditating, having a spiritual practice, getting a spiritual mentor, that all the other stuff started to unlock and unfold much more gracefully. Mm. And I like how you were mentioning, you know, building on, on being kind of really authentic and feminine energy as a, as a female entrepreneur. And that's one thing I'm, we see a lot of today. The more authentic you are, the more attracted people are to you. And mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that, about how important it is to be your authentic self and find that. And especially if you're a woman starting mm -hmm. a business, how you, you've got to own that and when you do success really comes. Well, two things to share about that. The first is that I started with only working with women. That was part of my niche. And then over the last few years, men started to come around and say, but I want this too. And we've been helping men tap into their feminine, just like women have been tapping into their masculine for the last few decades to, to get ahead and break through and break in. But now it's the masculine coming and saying, I want more of that grace, ease and flow. I want more joy. I want more love in my business. So that's number one. And then the second thing you asked about authenticity, I, ca I call it 
at the core of authenticity, in my opinion, I call it alignment. And what that means is for me is aligning to your truest self. And, and I, I look at our truest self as some sort of, you know, the Michelle infinity version of me, the highest, best, truest, most authentic, most self-expressed version of me. And I see life as sort of an iteration and evolution to get closer and closer to that version. And what I've noticed is the closer and the closer I get to that version, the more I align authentically with my true gifts, my true passions, my vision, my beliefs, my self-care, my values, my North Star, like these six things, the more I get to that, the more my my energy naturally is lifted up. The more, ev ev like what's the word, elevated my emotional state is. And the more elevated our emotional state, the more coherent the signal is that we send out to the world. And that means like, you know, we send out an electromagnetic signal from our heart, that's science, but also the signal we send out, like our message becomes more coherent, more attractive, more compelling to the people who resonate with it. And when, so the more aligned we get, the more coherent and beautiful the message is, the more of a siren call it is to our ideal clients. And that, that they just become attracted and you find synchronicity happening and look what just showed up and look at this person that just reached out and wow, what a coincidence. And you know, all this amazing stuff starts to happen. It's not a coincidence. It's you've elevated your emotional state. You're sending out a more coherent signal. So beautiful things are coming back. Wow. Unbelievable. So mm -hmm. Michelle, as everybody's listening this and probably getting a breakthrough right now, over the last few minutes, probably most of them are thinking, Michelle, how can I work with you and change my life and business? Because the thing I'm listening to and learning from you is it's not one thing. It's not just get this part of your business right and everything changes. It's everything. It's your health. It's your mind. It's your spirit. And bringing that all together and finding your truer self, like all of that's what's going to make you attractive, make your business grow in the first place. So how, what are the next steps where someone can maybe get to one of your retreats and, and get this breakthrough transformation and maybe go down a path that they've never thought of that can lead to that eventual mastery and breakthrough? Sweet. Thank you, Leo. That's really kind of you to say, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, the easiest way, if they're really truly feeling the call and they're like, I want to work with you and I know it, the best thing to do is set up a call with me. You can do that at superstaractivator.com slash go, um, superstaractivator.com slash go. And if they're instead feeling like, okay, I might be ready someday, not quite yet, you know, mm, then check out my YouTube channel. I think that would be the best place to find content to, to see exactly what I what I show, what I teach, some of the principles, practices, strategies. I've put most of it out there mm. on YouTube. And I regularly have seminars, webinars. Tonight, I have a live stream, a three-hour live stream that's free that anyone can join. So oh. I'm always doing these things. So just get on my list and you'll find out about them. So you're delivering a lot of value, a lot of it free. So on yes. YouTube now, is it under your name or what's, yeah. what's that under? Yeah, you okay, just so Google my name or just look up Retreats Business and I should be like the first eight results or okay. something like that. But okay, my so name. Retreats Business or Michelle Villalobos and that's V-I-L-L-A-B-O. Almost. Lobos, L-O-B-O-S. That's right. <laughs> I speak Spanish, but I forgot. I know. I could tell when you said my name. I was like, that was pretty good. Yeah, I lived in uh, Santiago, Chile for a couple of years. And, and so, yeah, that was that was 20 years ago that I learned wow. Spanish, though. Good times. Mm. And so you also, obviously, you're bilingual. And do you ever do events in Spanish as well yeah. or go to 
South America or? Yeah, and I have yeah. a few clients that prefer to speak in Spanish. They come and do the retreats in English. But when we when we do our sessions, sometimes we just bust into Spanish. Yeah, uh -huh. I lived in Miami for many years, so I have a very bilingual, bicultural audience. Yeah, if you ever go to Miami, guys, and you go to the grocery store, you're going to be speaking Spanish. There is no mm -hmm. English allowed. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Reminds me, I was in line at a grocery store. These two ladies were arguing and cursing in Spanish themselves. And they looked at me like, wait, you speak Spanish? Like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's always fun for me. People don't think I do. So yeah, I no, you, you, yeah. Surprise people yeah. a lot, yeah. especially in the Dominican Republic where they think I'm American. Yeah, they think. And I can not only speak sure. Spanish, I can speak Dominican Spanish, which is, which is its own thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the modismos and everything that comes with it guys so superstar activator that's a-c-t-i-v-a-t-o-r.com forward slash go i can't believe you actually could get the opportunity to set a call up with michelle her time is worth thousands of dollars per hour and you can actually get on the phone with her and walk through where you're at with your business model mm -hmm. and again the, the the types of customers that generally are going to see the best results are those who want to be influencers, authors, thought leaders, help me out. Who who else do, yeah. you, do you really deliver amazing results for? The best client, the most ideal, and not the only client, but the best sure. and most ideal client is one that's already achieved a certain level of success mm -hmm. as a coach, as a speaker, as a consultant. And those people are generally at a point where they're like, I'm maxed out. I can't make any more money without selling more time. They want to find ways to leverage without sacrificing their lifestyle in the process. Those people usually already have, you know, thought leadership. They already have content. They already have people that know them, like them, trust them. Those people, I can very quickly, very easily figure out what's the breakthrough, what's the big back end, help them design it. That's, that's, the, that's the easiest audience. And, and that's the sign of a great teacher, everyone that's listening, because Michelle went through that journey seven and a half years, working so hard, delivering results, but feeling trapped like she can't scale breakthrough and, and get your time back. And ultimately, that's what really successful entrepreneurs do. They're able to grow and scale without always working 100 hours a week because they leverage the right systems, tools and structure and mindset. And that's what Michelle will help you out. So. Go again to superstaractivator.com forward slash go set up that call, access her content on YouTube under Michelle Villalobos and uh, also uh, retreats, right? Free That's retreats. That's right. Yeah. If they look up okay. retreats business, how to monetize retreats, how to make money with retreats. Um, I also have a lot of content on my first topic, my original topic, which was personal branding. That's where I got my start. So there's a lot around how to brand yourself as a thought leader. You know, it all kind of goes together because thought leaders have retreats and people want to come and be with them. Mm, no question. No question. And a lot of power with in-person events and retreats. And guys, those are coming back more than ever right and now. And virtual. There's a lot of hunger. And you can still do it. Oh, we do it virtual. virtual. We do it yeah, twice no a question. year virtually, twice a year live in person now. God, the virtual events are, are amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, I did one. Like I said, uh, we started a new group and went from like zero to 750 members in just a couple weeks. And what's and again, that just goes back to what you're saying. It's not this one time because I was really indoctrinated on just a workshop, webinar, sales funnel. And I'm telling you, the magic happens over time. And so when you can do retreats like what Michelle is teaching us and virtual events, there is power and you'll have like raving fans forever if you deliver value in those. And so exactly. you'll be able to learn how to do that by setting up a call with Michelle. 
Yay. Thank you, Leo. Okay. Well, anything else, Michelle, you want to leave us with? You've been an amazing guest and we are all very grateful. How else can we give back or connect with you as a community, as an audience? Well, let's, I mean, th this is it. We're doing it right now. If you check me out on, on YouTube, I mean, you can also, I have a group on Facebook. I'm not so active with social media. It's not my favorite thing. And I'm embarrassed to say, because I know it's such a huge opportunity for business, but you know, it's not my, it, and that's part of the alignment piece, right? Do what feels energy rich for you. I love doing the YouTube channel. I love doing the retreats. I love doing, you know, live webinars and live streams. So that's how I, I roll, you know, and, and really back to that topic of authenticity and alignment instead of doing all the things that you think you should do to grow your business which little by little erodes your energy and reduces that coherent signal like really trusting that when you do the things you love and you do them well with lots of love and lots of heart that that that's enough well it is michelle and that's why everyone can find you on youtube because it's impossible to dominate every single platform right. and so you you do the one you're comfortable with and the one you're going to connect with and that's where you've obviously seen results and that's another lesson i think that we can all learn thank you leo okay thanks so much for being here michelle everybody we'll see you next time on the seven figures club podcast Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.